Welcome to Binge on Selvah podcast. I'm your host Anna, but you can call me Anchi. For the past few years, I've been struggling with binge eating disorder, severe procrastination issues, and a really poor self-image. Any kind of self-love has been pretty much non-existent. But I've realized I'm not alone in this, as millions of others struggle with accepting who they are, and we all fight our inner battles. I'm not an expert on this, nor I claim to be, but I have a story and I want to share it with you guys, raw and honest, with all its highs and lows. Every Tuesday, I share my experience, thoughts and tips on overcoming binge eating disorder, procrastination and tips on gaining self-love and respect. Join me and our listeners on our journey to build a healthier and kinder relationship with ourselves. Make sure to subscribe to Binge on Selvaf podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any future episode. For more content on binge eating, procrastination, selvaf and self-acceptance, visit bingeonselvaf.com and follow me on Instagram at bingeonselvaf. Disclaimer, Binge on Selvaf podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It doesn't provide professional medical advice and it is not a substitute for a diagnosis or treatment. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Bench on Selvaf podcast. My name is Anna, but you can call me Anchi. And first and foremost, thank you, thank you so much for joining and for tuning in. Every Tuesday we dive in and we talk about different kinds of topics related to binge eating disorder and eating disorders in general, recovery, self-acceptance, self-love journey, but also things like procrastination and self-development. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to subscribe to Binge on Selvah podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts. And also follow me on Instagram at Binge on Selvah. Today, I thought I would do a little different episode and talk a little bit about binge eating and binge eating disorder from a perspective of what a life with an eating disorder may look like, how it affects your day-to-day actions and decisions and your relationship and stuff like that. I think this episode could be insightful and hopefully a little helpful for people who do not necessarily struggle with binge eating disorder, but who either do know somebody who does or have someone really close to them who struggle with this issue and they would like to better understand what their loved one is going through. Because the thing is that if you never struggled with an eating disorder, and with binge eating disorder specifically, then it can be hard for you to wrap your head around it and understand what that person may be going through. Therefore, I think an episode like this could hopefully help you to look at things from a slightly different perspective and understand that person and what they are going through a little bit more. I want to emphasize that as always I am sharing my experience and my point of view and how I see certain things. So by no means is my experience with binge eating disorder like everybody else's and it's not like the one and only truth. Eating disorders are different for everybody and so is the recovery. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Enchanté. 
First, I think it's necessary to explain what binge eating disorder is and how is it different from things like overeating and emotional eating. NationalEatingDisorders.org defines binge eating disorder as, quote, characterized by recurrent episodes of eating large quantities of food, often very quickly and to the point of discomfort, a feeling of loss of control during the binge, experiencing shame, distress, and guilt afterwards, and not regularly using unhealthy compensatory measures, for example, purging, to counter the binge eating, end quote. I'll make sure to link all the source that I mentioned in the show notes. So if you want to check that out, please make sure to do that. So what that means in practice is that when you are binge eating and when you have a binge eating disorder, you eat a large amount of food in a very short amount of time. Usually, I think it can be like within an hour or within two hours and you eat like a really, really large amount of food. And you eat all of that even if you are not hungry and you eat to the point where you often feel physically sick. And also what follows or what usually follows are negative emotions such as disgust and shame and regret and guilt. These times when you binge, these periods of time when you binge are called binge episodes. And according to nationaleatingdisorders.org, the binge episodes occur on average at least once a week for three months for it to be diagnosed as binge eating disorder. I think the frequency of the binge episodes is going to differ from person to person. So I would take these numbers with like a grain of salt, but obviously for diagnosis, there must be a number. So when it comes to my experience in the early stages, I would binge every now and then and when I was at its worst before I started my recovery journey, I would binge every single day, multiple times a day. The only reason and the only time when I wouldn't binge was if I was gone somewhere for the day. For example, when I went on a date or when I went when I went for a trip or when we went on holiday and I wasn't able to binge. So that was the only time when I wouldn't be binging. But other than that, I would binge every single day. Now, how is binge eating disorder different from overeating and from emotional overeating? Binge eating disorder is an officially diagnosable eating disorder, whereas with emotional eating, according to anewbeginning.com, it's not defined by the amount of food you eat and it can happen while you're with other people. How that may look in practice is that, for example, you feel sad or you feel frustrated so you indulge in eating ice cream and unlike in the case of binge eating disorder you may not eat a huge amount of food in a very short period of time and you also may not mind eating that in front of other people whereas with binge eating disorder you mostly eat a huge amount of food in a short period of time and all of that usually happens in private because as I've said it's connected with those feelings like guilt and shame and regret and you don't want anybody to know that right whereas with binge eating disorder and the binge episodes those usually happen in private so that's for the differences and now let's talk about how much your life with binge eating disorder can change to a certain extent, life with binge eating disorder is similar to life with any eating disorder. It's a life that's highly affected and controlled by food. 
but there obviously are some differences which are typical for binge eating disorder. So to give you an idea of what life with binge eating disorder may look like, I'll go through a few separate points that either I experience or that I know are very common among people with binge eating disorder. Like always, please keep in mind that this is not the one and only ultimate true and everyone who struggle with binge eating disorder will struggle with it in a little different way. Number one, life with binge eating disorder feels lonely. One of the reasons why I started this podcast and why I made this podcast partially about binge eating disorder is that binge eating disorder can make you feel very, very isolated. It can make you feel like you are the only one in this world struggling with this and that you must be crazy for having this issue. And through this podcast, I wanted to share my experience and hopefully support other people who may be going through the same and make them feel less alone. What may be a little surprising to some of you is that according to different statistics, binge eating disorder is actually a more common eating disorder than anorexia nervosa and bulimia nervosa combined. But sadly, I still feel like we talk so little about it. And that part is not that surprising because I feel like there is a certain stigma around binge eating disorder and I can obviously only speak for myself and from my experience. But to me, it seems like that a lot of people have this preconception that binge eating disorder is all about a lack of willpower. It's all about loving food way too much that you can't stop eating. It's about not making your health your priority. And that honestly couldn't be further from the truth. I've dedicated two separate episodes to common myths and misconceptions surrounding eating disorders. So if you'd like to know more about that, make sure to check the link in the show notes. I will link the episodes there. The first few years when I was battling binge eating disorder were extremely lonely in a sense that I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't understand why do I have these binge eating episodes and what they even mean. And at that time, not many people were really talking about it publicly. So even more, that made me feel like there must be something wrong with me and that I must be the only person in the entire world going through this. And this is going to be, again, highly subjective, but the, during the first few years with binge eating disorder, I didn't want to tell anybody. Not my partner, not my friends, not my family, no one. Partially, it was because I didn't really understand myself what was going on, so how could anybody else understand it? But partially, it was because I felt so, so ashamed. And feelings of shame and disgust are very common for binge eating disorder, especially after the binge episode. So obviously, many people with binge eating disorder keep the struggle to themselves which makes them more and more isolated from people and from the world around them. Another point I need to mention is that binge eating disorder takes over everything in your life. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Your day-to-day -day life, your hobbies, your free time, your studies, your job, your relationships and even your future goals and your dreams. This follows up on the previous point when I've said that binge eating disorder or any eating disorders in general are isolating because the eating disorder 
isolates you from everything and everyone that keep your mind busy with anything else than the actual eating disorder. So the eating disorder can slowly but surely take over your life. What's worth mentioning is that binge eating disorder, just like any other eating disorder, develops gradually, which means that it creeps into your life without you, without you even noticing. And it develops in time. So in my case, at the very beginning of the binge eating disorder, I think I haven't felt any limitations by the eating disorder other than just being very self-conscious about my body. I remember I always restricted my food few days prior before I was supposed to go out either with my boyfriend or with my friends, which was one of the worst things you can do because restricting your food only fuels the fire of an actual binge eating disorder. And later on, as the binge eating disorder progressed, I isolated myself more and more and I didn't really want to go out anymore. I didn't want to do anything elsewhere than being at home. And part of that reason was that I was feeling disgusted and ashamed with myself and with my weight and with my body and with my appearance. But I also didn't have much energy in general and I really wasn't in a mood to socialize. What I also think plays a huge role in the isolation, or at least it did play a huge role for me, is that I kept binge eating disorder as a secret. And I didn't tell anybody for a really, really long time. And because it controls such a big part of my life, it was a big part of my life that I had to leave out unless I wanted to tell somebody. So for instance, when I met with my friends from high school and they've asked me like, What have you been up to? How are you? What have you been doing? I didn't really know what to answer because my day consisted of the least amount of necessary duties such as going to the uni lecture or getting to the office. But the rest of my days were all about binge eating and procrastination. I even got to a point where I would get up, binge, procrastinate, binge and go to sleep. And again, this is just my experience, Your may, yours may be completely different. I would also say that at its worst, I gave up a lot of my dreams and a lot of my goals. Not only because of the binge eating disorder, but it definitely affected a lot of my decisions and actions when it comes to my goals and my future. Because when you feel like you can't have control over something seemingly so simple as food, it makes you think like, how the hell am I supposed to have any kind of control over my life, let alone over my future? And with binge eating disorder, life pretty much shrinks into binge eating, feeling the urge to binge, fighting the urge to binge, and then feeling terrible after the binge. And there is really not much space for anything else. You no longer enjoy things that you used to enjoy because you are constantly worrying about how you look, about your weight, what other people think of you, whether someone will notice that you have a problem with food and stuff like that. I must admit that until a few years in the recovery, I didn't realize how much consumed I actually was by the binge eating disorder. And I didn't realize that it affected me this much and to such an extent and that it really took over pretty much every aspect of my life. And I think this is also the beauty of the recovery because it gives you this kind of perspective where you look at things from a distance and you think like, is this really how I lived my life? 
Number three, life with binge eating disorder is a constant battle. Life with binge eating disorder is a constant battle between the binge eating disorder urges and between the desire to take control over food and over your eating habits. But to be completely honest, I think that for many of us, it started more like a battle between the urge to binge and between the desire to lose weight and to reach the often unattainable picture-perfect body that we had. And none of those options were healthy, obviously. But as the binge eating progresses, I think it's really more about a battle with yourself, with the urge to binge and with the idea of recovery. Because the idea of giving up of the known, giving up of the comfort that binge eating disorder provides you with is to a certain extent scary. But so is the idea of keeping up living this way. I've said to myself like a million times, this is it, I'm starting my recovery journey tomorrow. And then I would stick to it for like two days and I would quit. And the more promises like this I've made, the more immune I've became to them. Because I already knew I wouldn't stick to it. So it was this ongoing battle for me for a really long time. But I've mentioned multiple times in this podcast that what eventually made a difference for me and in my attempts to recover from binge eating disorder was when I've decided that I want to recover because of my health. Not because of my appearance, not because of my weight, not because of anybody else, but because of me and my health. Regardless of how different your binge eating disorder is and how different your recovery will be, I think it's essential that you find your reason why you want to recover. And it needs to be a really strong one that's based on something that's really important and really valuable to you. Number four, life with binge eating disorder feels like a loss of control. Binge eating disorder feels like a loss of control over food, which partially may be true. But I don't really like that term because the solution to binge eating disorder is not simply to gain the control back but I think it's to understand why it's happening in the first place and why are you dealing with such issue. But at the same time I think one of the most common aspects of binge eating disorder is that sense of losing control, losing control over food and over your appearance and losing control over your life. I definitely did feel like I have no control over myself or pretty much over anything in my life. It was like a cycle when I didn't have control over food. And if I didn't have control over food, I didn't have control over my decisions. And if I didn't have control over my decisions, I didn't have control over my life. And so on and so on. And when you think about it, eating disorders have a lot to do with control. With controlling what you eat, how much you eat, when you eat it. And I think that life with binge eating disorder can make you feel like you have no control over your life. Number five, life with binge eating disorder is full of quick reliefs. When you sit down and binge, you don't feel anything but the taste of the food and the joy of giving in to the urge. It is really, really short-term relief, but it works at least for some time. It gives you that kind of satisfaction and relief that you've been craving for. And like I've said, it is super short term. 
and the more you binge, the less relief it gives you. And this point is obviously highly subjective, but I can't end this episode without mentioning this thought. I think the behavior that I've acquired by battling binge eating disorder was to often search for quick fixes and for quick reliefs. At its worst, nothing like delayed gratification existed for me. It was all about now. If I want something, I want it now. And I don't want to work for it and I don't want to delay the gratification for better results. I either want them now or I don't want them at all. And again, this is just like a subjective example, but I think this can project itself to other aspects of your life as well. For example, I gave up way more easily than ever before when I was dealing with binge eating disorder. I would hardly ever do anything that was uncomfortable, whether that was exercise, working towards something, or even something as simple as riding a bike. Because food was my instant gratification. It was my quick fix, quick relief. Everything else provided me with uncertain outcome at best or with some sort of delayed gratification, whereas food was always there. So why I think this is worth mentioning is that this kind of approach may project itself to other aspects of your life. And I think it's essential to keep that in mind. So that's all I have for you in today's episode. It is going to be a shorter one this time, but I really hope that this was at least a little insightful for you. And maybe it will help you understand someone who you know or someone that is really close to you who may be struggling with binge eating disorder. I understand that if you're someone who never had any issue with binge eating disorder or even with any eating disorder in general, it may be hard for you to understand what someone else is going through. If you have any suggestion for a future episode, please let me know at anci at bingeonselflove.com or DM me on Instagram at bingeonselflove. Thank you so much for tuning in and talk to you next week. Bye! Thank you so much for spending your time listening to Binge on Self Love podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe to Binge on Self Love podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any future episode. You can find more content on binge eating, procrastination, and self-acceptance at bingeonselflove.com and on Instagram at bingeonselflove. Talk to you soon. Bye!